Welcome back to the Effort of Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleepin. On today's episode, Gabe and I, we have an amazing conversation with CrossFit CEO, Don Fall. Now, last week, we announced our reaffiliation with CrossFit. I thought it'd be a great time for you guys to hear from Don about the current situation of CrossFit and the future of CrossFit. I am more than reassured about the vision, and I'm excited for the future. In particular, something I'm really looking forward to, this idea of going from two to three million people doing CrossFit to 30 million by 2030. Don lays out four criteria that are gonna help us get there. I'm fired up, I hope you are as well. Take a seat, go on a drive, ride a bike, whatever you're gonna do. Enjoy this podcast, if you do, share it with a friend, and I hope you and your family have an amazing, amazing week. Let's go. Let's just start recording. All right, well, Don, welcome to uh, the Campbell Gym. Thanks for taking the time. I'm glad we're doing this in person with uh, Mr. Gabe Yanez. For sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where should we start? Um, how's it been? You've been a CEO of CrossFit for now seven months, six uh, months? Coming up on six. Six. Yeah. How's it been? Uh, it's been great. It has been, um, you know, I've been sharing with people the uh, the highs that I anticipated coming in have been even higher. Um, you know, highlight for me for sure is just getting a chance to spend time with the community, whether it's the games, Wadapalooza, I've gotten a chance to travel and drop into a ton of affiliates all around the world. Just amazing. Uh, getting a chance to meet people uh, and then spending time with our team. Um, you know, as, as you guys know, we have just an incredible group of people and been really fun getting to know them and getting to know the business. So I know that you've been, um, you know, you hosted some leadership gatherings, right? You've kind of connected with your different leadership teams. You've had six months. You've traveled in Australia. You went to Brazil. You went to Wadapalooza. You've been all over the place. Any trends stand out to you over the last six months of like things? Because I know we have a we have a g- affiliate gathering tomorrow. For sure, yep. And I, I hear you're going to be talking about some some <laughs> future thoughts. Like anything stand out to you over the last six months being the CEO that you didn't expect going into it? Because I know you and I we spoke before you took the CEO role, mm-hmm. and I kind of laid some framework. I'm sure you talked to a bunch of other people too. Yep. Anything like really unexpected? Hmm. I'd say, you know, maybe I'll start. There, there were certainly a category of things where I thought superficially that I had a certain set of expectations coming in. So, you know, I would have said, you know, when you and I talked, hey, really believe there's an opportunity to reach more people. Um, I would have said, hey, I've seen the impact CrossFit can have. It's amazing. Um, you know, knew it was an incredibly, uh, you know, inspired, connected community. Um, I, I think probably the biggest takeaway for me is is getting a chance to meet with people, travel, see firsthand, hear thousands of stories. Um, the biggest takeaway for me is is just the richness of the opportunity, the richness of the impact. I I didn't anticipate how incredible that was, and that for me really, as I think about our opportunity, um, I am more excited today about how big an opportunity we have, you know, so if we reach, if the CrossFit community today is somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's say two to 3 million people around the world, which is pretty amazing. Um, we can be, we can be, and should be so much bigger than that. And, um, you know, we have universally, when I talk to people, it doesn't matter what if, you know, what country I'm in. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to a coach and a affiliate owner, a member, there is a, I, I think a universal understanding of the opportunity that exists and a real excitement to be a part of help, of helping reach more people. When you talk about, and super excited to have you here, you know, um, we're super lucky to have you in our backyard here at NC Fit. Um, when you talk about 
CrossFit reaching more people. One thing I was curious about as I was kind of thinking about having this conversation is, you know, is the opportunity, is the biggest opportunity to get new people to come check out the methodology? Or is there an opportunity also, because I know that CrossFit has touched many people and for maybe a lot of the reasons that we'll talk about, you know, the opportunities with consistency and kind of mm -hmm. upping the level, they've had an experience that has, you know, set them with, you know, maybe the wrong perception of the, the opportunity to change their lives. How much is that a priority versus just getting new people to come to a box versus people that went to a box, had maybe not an ideal experience mm -hmm. and getting them back? I think that the good news is actually that in, in terms of both those opportunities, reaching new people and getting people back, the, the root cause and the solutions are the same, largely. So if we look at some of the challenges, you know, for folks who didn't have an optimal experience, it might have been um, maybe they had a poor quality experience and they walked into to, to an, uh, an affiliate. Um, maybe actually they, at some point in our history, um, uh, had concerns about the brand mm. and where we were going. Um, maybe their first experience, they felt like it wasn't safe or it wasn't approachable. Um, those are the same concerns, same things that we need to address to reach more people. So as I think about our opportunity to reach more people, it's about, hey, we have a ton of people out there that have the mindset that could benefit from, from what we have to offer, but think CrossFit's dangerous or CrossFit's intimidating. It's only for elite athletes. I need to get in shape first. Um, I think when, when I think about our ability to attract those audiences and keep them, we have to make sure that the CrossFit brand is one that they want to be associated with, that they're proud to, to wear on a T-shirt and be a part of and self-identify as a part of this community. And so I think if we do our jobs exceptionally well, we get both. You know, that's really an interesting, you know, for us, I, my history with CrossFit's really long. And, you know, you being the CEO, you've also been a member of our gyms for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It was, it was natural through our conversations with the rest of the team. You know, we have, we've reaffiliated with CrossFit. And one of the reasons why I feel strongly about reaffiliating CrossFit is I, I believe in where you want to take it. I do. I, you want to make it where people want to be associated with the brand. And you care about the perception of the brand, right? You care about, you, you know, all the things that I care about. And so I'm curious, like, on the, on the ladder of, like, things that you think maybe have held back the brand in the past and the, the immediate focus is it the intimidation factor? Which, which one? Because I guess the CrossFit Games and what role did that play? I'd like to figure out, like, what's this, where's the starting point? Because there's a several factors in the brand position, right? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, the place I'd like to, to start, actually, is, is a conversation that, that we've been having with our team. Um, and it's about how we show up um, in the community. And I think, I believe, that, that we at HQ have a responsibility to lead. We have the benefit of, of being a part of this incredible community of affiliate owners and coaches and members and partners who have dedicated their life to, to helping other people. I, I think we've got a responsibility to play a leadership role to bring that community together to create a shared sense of purpose. And I think for us to be able to do that, we have to lead. We have to lead with humility. We have to lead with integrity. We have to lead with principle. We have to inspire people and give them confidence that if they're going to partner with us, if they're going to put that brand on, on the wall of their gym or on a t-shirt or, or invite their loved ones to be a part of it, that they have confidence that we are going to be great custodians of that. We are going to be great partners. We're not going to always get things right. Of course, we're going to make mistakes, but, um, but, but we're going to lead with integrity. And so, um, for us, when I think about that, that singularly is the most important change that we're working on and it starts for us internally and so it, we have to create that culture and make sure we have that culture within crossfit hq 
that, that I'm leading with integrity, that our leaders are leading with integrity, that we're treating each other well, that we're working as a great, great team. And I think if we do that well, it'll be much easier for us to show up in that capacity within the community as well. So I, that to me is where we start. And if, if we can build and, you know, f for me, the organizations I've been fortunate to be a part of in my life, starting with the Marine Corps, um, one of the universal truths, even though I've worked in completely different industries, is at the end of the day, whatever you hope and aspire to accomplish begins and ends with your team, with your people. If you have good people who, do, who are in it for the right reasons, if you can create a culture where you can execute at a world-class level, you can do and achieve great things. And so that's our first focus. And I think if we can do that, gosh, I, I really believe that um, we have an opportunity as a community to accomplish so much more if we're all moving and rowing in the same direction. So I don't mean to oversimplify no. things, but I just I, I can't emphasize how important that is to us. No, I mean it's music. I mean this this is this look I, this conversation is long overdue. You and I have spoke so many different times. I'm glad Gabe is here. I and mean, we're really excited about the future of CrossFit. We are, and we wouldn't have reaffiliated if we weren't. You know, I, I I personally feel like this is just a breath of fresh air for me. You know, starting from even discussing leadership and starting at HQ, and then how you guys are going to show up, and then how you show up at events, and then how you connect with your community. Even like the West Coast Summit that's happening tomorrow, that's a huge step in the right direction. Or the affiliate playbook. I went through that whole thing. I mean, that's it's it's a lot of work and a lot of time that you've put in to to give support to affiliates, which I think is a really big deal. Yeah. And I'll say, I, I, I want to say, you know, and, and this is something I think <laughs> implicitly, explicitly, we should be saying and communicating to every affiliate, which is thank you. Like w w when our gyms choose to affiliate, when you guys have chosen to reaffiliate, um, uh, you know, that is a, that is a leap of faith. Um, you are making a commitment to us and, and that means a lot. And I think we should feel and carry with that the weight of the responsibility we have to make sure that you feel proud every day uh, of that decision and feel good about that decision. And so, um, anyway, I, I didn't want to be remiss in mentioning that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're all excited. We just came out of, you know, I'm sure Jason shared this, like two days of like our own internal leadership summit, like going through our vision and everything. And this decision, you know, was was a big positive kind of highlight. And I think that we're all, you know, as much as it is a leap of faith, I think we're all on the same page about this being positive and really trusting Jason, who's been probably the most intimate in conversations with you and mm -hmm. kind of seeing what their direction is going to really want to jump onto the ship and, and be a part of the solution moving forward. One question I had for you, you know, I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, a, a challenge with, you know, creating that, you know, very, very strong leadership group with a group that, at least as an outsider looking in, seems to have people that have been there for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And when you have people that have been there through different leadership and different cultures, you know, how do you balance coming in and trying to, you know, start something new, but keeping the people that, you know, have been incredibly instrumental to where you've gone so far? Is that hard? Sure. And, you know, what, what have you kind of um, learned in, in, in trying to navigate that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and this is one of the first things that, you know, we started on as a leadership team. So my first week at, was at the games, which was amazing and insanely overwhelming. <laughs> talk, about, talk about jumping right in the deep end. <laughs> oh, my God, I was so exhausted. I had no voice for like a week. But, um, you know, it became really clear. Um, one of the things that we really need to work on as a team was our culture. And, and um, that culture needed to, need to be grounded in where we were, um, but more importantly, where we're going and what role do we want and need to play in this community and what does that mean in terms of how we show up. 
And that wasn't me walking in with a set of things written on stone tablets that said, this is the way that things will be. It was a conversation and a dialogue. You know, what do we love about the culture right now? What do we think is strong and that, that we need to make sure that we preserve? And then what are the things? Like, where can we do better? Where can, where can we do a better job of leading internally and externally? We had a discussion about that as a team. And, and ultimately, um, you know, we are in, we're still working on crisply codifying this, but ultimately there's a set of expectations that I will hold our team to, that I hold myself to, and I expect them to hold me to, um, that represents the path forward. And, um, you know, I think generally, you know, even though that represents a shift in some respects um, for folks who have been on the team for a while, you know, to a person, I think everyone was really positive about that. I think as we had that conversation around the table, a lot of people saying, gosh, this is, yes, this is where we want to go. This is who we want to be. Now, will that be easy? No. Changing culture, shifting culture for an organization that's been around almost two decades, that is hard. But we're going to get there for sure. And we're going to give everybody op opportunity, you know, everyone on the team, um, you know, uh, give uh, our folks the opportunity to be a part of that journey and play a role in it. But in the end of the day, we're going to hold a really high bar. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you, hit the, you, hit the, you hit the button. That's perfect. funny. That, that, must have that was a great perfect point that I just yeah. made, or it, it sounded like a joke. I hope we got that on video. That, yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, do you think there's something unique? There's definitely something unique about the CrossFit community, right? Like, incredibly passionate. No one sure. feels as passionate about, you know, the, the Zuma classes they take or something else as we know this community feels. Is there something similar to the leadership team to where, you know, I was listening a bunch of different podcasts and stuff you were on and you know your genuine like excitement for this position to where i think it was savan that said like you don't hear the coca-cola ceo saying that this is his dream job right <laughs> is that does that make it more challenging or facilitate getting everyone to go in the same direction just because people are there mm -hmm. for a lot of like emotional reasons it's not just you know a step on their resume or like climbing the corporate ladder like Everyone that's involved in CrossFit in some way, shape, or form, there's a lot of passion behind yeah. that. It's not, you know, that's a reason that I think a lot of gym owners are in the position they're in. It's because many of those gym owners didn't get into the business because they were like, I want to own a business. They got into the business because they want to help people with this methodology that's so important. Look, I, I this is, uh, I think it's such an insightful question because I, I think for us, this represents um, a, a, a massive advantage that we have, yeah. Um, you know, how many places, how many organizations, companies, communities, whatever you want to call it, um, have the benefit of something that is a a passion project, a mission. A, you know, it's, that's all about purpose for the vast majority of the folks within the community, because that taps into. I mean, the the data on this is so clear that people do their best work when they're intrinsically motivated about something that moves them, right? So, incredible opportunity for us. For us as a team, it allows us to go out and hire incredible people who right. are so committed that like on the hard days, you know, look what our team's been, our, te our team at HQ has been through so much change. Our community's been so much change and people are still getting after it. And it's because they love it because it's about something bigger for them. At the same time, being in a community where everyone feels so connected to and so a part of and feels to some degree ownership for everything, it's also really hard. And, you know, I think for us, like this is where, as I think about, our role, this is where the right type of leadership is so important. And so, you know, we, m my point of view is we have to, we have to listen, you know, start by listening. So I've been trying to spend the last three or four months just 
talking to as many people as I can. And there's lots of perspectives and lots of opinions and a lot of alignment in some areas and some very different opinions. We have to, um, our job then is, is to take that and communicate a vision moving forward that we believe best represents what's best for this community and who we serve. And for us, I think that North Star is, is our community. It's, it's the people whose lives are, um, have been and have the potential to be changed by CrossFit, all of us. So, so what is the right thing? That is the North Star. What is the right thing for the community? We have to make some decisions with the conviction. I think it's our responsibility to communicate the why behind those decisions so people can understand it. They're not all gonna agree with it. And then when we make mistakes, which we will, um, we should course correct quickly. We should take ownership for them and say, hey, look, we were trying to achieve X, it didn't work, it was a mistake, we're gonna course correct and move forward. And I think if we do that well, I hope that the community, not everyone, you won't get 100% of people, but I think most people will give us the leeway um, uh, to, to kind of push the, push things forward aggressively. You know, I, I think about CrossFit, and I think about the potential. You know, something I think about at our business here at NC Fit is like untapped potential really bothers me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I always think like, did I reach my potential as X, Y, Z, right? I'm sure that, you know, you're competitive. You probably think about that. When I think about CrossFit, or our business too, there's just so much potential in CrossFit. Like everything up until this point has been, a lot of changes, a lot of uncertainty, and it's still there, and it's mm -hmm. still strong. And when you're around the country, there's still a passion. I still have a passion. Like, and so all it needs, I really feel like all it needs is just leadership and direction, and I think you're going to get a lot of people marching, and I think it's going to be – I think we're having a completely different conversation two years from now. I, that's my opinion on it because all it needed was like a little boost, you know, mm -hmm. to say, hey, where are we going and what, what direction and why. Yeah. So That's I, the goal. <laughs> yeah. You know, piggybacking off of that of like, you know, in two years, we'll be having a very different conversation. Mm -hmm. How do you balance listening and, you know, like getting together with leadership, getting the culture right, figuring out the direction and also like action that like the community will be like, wow, CrossFit's doing something right. Like mm -hmm. whether it's well-founded or not, you know, over the past years, there's been, you know, with everyone kind of like affiliating considering affiliation like the conversation has been a lot about about like what has crossfit done for us right like <laughs> yep. what has crossfit done for us from a media standpoint from a resources standpoint from helping affiliates be profitable so on and so forth for sure and i'm sure that that's all a part of the plans yep how do you balance the the, the patience with like getting things out the door and and having people see that hey new leadership is taking action now yeah, I mean, it's a very top of mind right now because we have, you know, it's funny, I did my first podcast and this job was with Stefan um, Roche. Matt yeah. Roche, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is very intimidating sitting next to him. He's, He's a about big guy. Two and a half times my size. <laughs> yeah. um, Former police officer, too. He has an amazing background, yeah. Stefan. Yeah. Awesome guy. I actually did a, a ruck with Stefan in Austin, actually, oh, um, nice. over Thanksgiving, which was super cool. But uh, we were talking at that point and I said, hey, 90 days listening tour for 90 days. I'll be back while we're playing. Well, it took me a little longer than that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that, that listening tour I think was essential because it helped, it really helped me learn again, talking to our team, understanding the history more important, you know, just as more importantly, talking to our community as well. Um, now it's time to get shit done. And, and look, sorry if I wasn't supposed no, to okay. say that. Is that all right? It's okay. This is a, yeah. Well, you're allowed to, yeah. I'm in a safe space. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're in a safe space here. In right? the trust tree here. Um, yeah, we got work to do. Um, and so tomorrow, um, we are going to communicate uh, uh, our vision, uh, 2030 vision. Where do we want to be? What does success look like? 
And then we're going to talk about our goals for this year. And we're going to talk specifically about some of the things that we're going to be working on launching shipping in service of that. Um, look, by the end of the year, um, we have a very internally, um, we have set a very specific set of goals and outcomes that we need to achieve as a team in service to support in the community. So I'll give you guys a little bit of sneak Yeah, preview. yeah, give us a little, uh, you know. So there'll be, there'll be four areas for us. So, so we think about long-term where we want to be. Again, our North starts reaching more people. So we want to massively increase the number of people whose lives have been changed by CrossFit by 2030. So we're in the range of, of two to three million people today, probably um, uh, think 30 million people by 2030. And by the way, like if we're in the, I think we're in the first inning of this journey today, that gets us to the second or third inning. I think our opportunity is still so much bigger yeah, than that. Yeah, you want about 10 exit in the next seven years. Right, and that's going to require some really meaningful, some really hard work that, that we need to do as a community. Uh, to get there, this year we're focused on four things. So first is really about, about figuring out and understanding how we help drive new members into affiliates. How do we drive growth? And so that'll be about the brand. Um, how do we, we really tackle and invigorate the brand, inspire people about what's possible with CrossFit, help address some of these misperceptions around CrossFit being dangerous, about CrossFit uh, being for only for folks who are already fit. Um, how do we get more people to walk in the door? You may have seen we launched a campaign a few weeks ago called The Magic of CrossFit. Yeah, it was really well done. Incre the team's done exceptional work on it. It's really inspiring. I think it helps unpack what we all know that to the outsider isn't as obvious. So you'll see a lot more work there. We need to get a lot more rigorous about measuring actually how do we hand off members. Um, so we're going to get people to CrossFit.com. We're going to convince them and, and show them what CrossFit can do for them. And then we are going to hand them to an affiliate in their local community where they can start that journey. And we know that work will be really well handled there. Um, we're going to make sure that our partnerships, the partnerships that we're doing, um, are with, with companies and organizations that are aligned in, in, in our brand, in our vision, in what we stand for, and can help us grow. So. It'll be about the economic side of those partnerships, but it'll also be about helping us grow and reach new audiences. Second priority, so the first one's growth. Second one is really about helping build um, and support strong affiliates and coaches. So on the affiliate side, um, we've, we've done some work over the last six months. We've really started to increase our investment in the work we do to support affiliates. Um, we have a, a content marketing kit that we've, we've shared with our affiliate owners to make it a little bit easier for them to do content marketing in their local communities. Um, we've done a, uh, a bunch of work around roundtables where we're, we're trying to do a better job of connecting affiliate owners to other affiliate owners um, who, who can help them and support them throughout their journey. Um, we're going to be working on um, some other programs to help brand new affiliates who are just getting started. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you guys know better than me. There are a series of decisions you need to make early on that are mm -hmm. really critical and really instrumental. And we want to make sure that those affiliates are really, really well supported. That's excellent news, right? Because, I mean, if you sign a poor lease with a bad partnership agreement or no partnership agreement, you're just setting yourself up for challenges in the future. So, exactly. Anyways, yeah. So, so a bunch of work on the affiliate side, and then the coach side. Um, you know, look, we we know and we believe with conviction at the end of the day for most of our members that life changing experience happens in large part through the coach. And if if you're lucky to have, as I've had in in my CrossFit experience, incredible coaches, that they, they they know how to create that connection with you. They know how to create that that intimate community dynamic that exists within the gym that people love so much. Um, we want to make it easier for coaches to continue to invest in their education and, and enhancing their craft. And if we look at how we've, we have an extraordinary team on training and education, but in terms of how we price and structure a lot of our education programs, there's a lot of things that we do to make it hard 
to continue that journey. Mm. So you do an L1, it's $1,100 in the US. And then we say, great, you've got five years now. And five years later, we're going to ask you to pay another $1,100 and either retake your L1 or take your L2. Well, you shouldn't think about education in on a, every five-year window. Right. Education, the you know folks who are refining their craft and coaching is a craft are thinking about it continuously. And so we want to make yeah. it really easy every day, every week. How do we do a great job of helping those intrinsically motivated coaches and the affiliate owners who support them get a little bit better every single day that benefits the coach benefits the affiliate and most importantly it benefits the community so and on top of that just real quick i mean obviously we have the nc fit collective so every day our coaches are trying to go through the session plan and educating themselves but what you're saying is like it's so important i hope if a gym owner is listening right now it's like it's just rising the tides what you're talking about because what happens is if you try and enhance the product on the floor Ultimately, when someone goes into a CrossFit gym and they have a great experience, it's going to have them tell three more friends. And then it's just going to snowball into more and more people telling more and more people how awesome CrossFit is. But it starts at the affiliate level. Because if you go in and you have a poor experience, the same thing applies. So I think what you're doing and what you're talking about is genius because instead of doing like a you know, pay-by-the-drink type of thing like or whatever, like you know, one right. and then five years later again, five if it's just this continuous development, I think those are the resources and tools that gym owners need to really thrive in their craft. So awesome. I just can't. Well, it's good to hear. And, 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 you know, we know, a lot, you know, one thing that I'll say is this journey and this work won't just be work that we do at HQ. Um, when we think about things like mentoring and supporting other affiliates, there are a ton of affiliate owners yeah. out there. There are other organizations that exist in our community who are already training other affiliates who are already mentoring other affiliates we want to empower those folks to help more affiliates. Again, it, it rises the community. We don't need to, nor should we be doing everything. We want to empower the community to kind of come together and, and elevate. How much of that, um, I want to hear about the two additional items, because yep. I think, um, but how much of that do you consider with franchise versus license? Is that even like something you can like think through? I mean, I'm sure you think about it, but with, with the license model versus the franchise model, are you worried about triggering different, you know, things or is that why you like having different people who could provide like, Hey, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're just going to talk to, there's three different solutions to help you run your business. You pick which one works for you. Is that, is that a concern from the HQ perspective or not really? What I'll say is, um, I, again, a really good question. And, and, and what I'd say is one of the things that we think has made that I think has made CrossFit so special and so unique and drove, you know, look, unprecedented growth early on was the autonomy that we give to affiliate owners, right? We've enabled tens of thousands of entrepreneurs to take this brand and this methodology and figure out how to innovate and create a solution that works in their community. That's incredibly important. It also allowed us, I think, to attract a very different type of person. Yeah, right. Sure. You're not getting a cookie cutter, go execute this, we'll tell you what to do. It's someone who feels like they're empowered to actually make decisions. Right. So I think it's incredibly important that we preserve that. Um, now, where we started was, hey, here's the CrossFit brand. You can throw it on the wall. We'll talk to you in a year. And that was, that was sufficient and okay early on. I think what we've learned along the way is we can do more and need to do more while preserving autonomy for that affiliate owner to give them tools, to give them resources, to give them information that they can choose to use or not. But hopefully, uh, again, if we have a community that largely is driven by virtuosity and excellence, We've got self-motivated folks who want to build and create great things. So our job, I think, is to give affiliate owners access to as many of the, the resources, as much of the information as they need 
um, to make great decisions and then make sure that we preserve uh, the autonomy that they that they need and want to be able to build their business in a way that works for them. Can you preserve the autonomy while setting minimum standards and like quantifiable minimum standards of what you know a quality coach looks like mm -hmm. and what a quality affiliate looks like? And if so, how do you do that? Yes. Um, so. Some of this we do today. So if you go through L1, L2, right. L3, we have very clear, well-articulated um, well standards. So, so to some degree, we do it. I think where we want to be eventually, and I think where we need to be is, I, I do think, look, in, in any, any community, any distribution, you're going to have uh, folks on one end of the spectrum who are exceptional, and you're going to have folks who are struggling for whatever reason. And it may sure. not be because they don't care. It may be because they're struggling economically. It may be because they're going through something. And, and at the end of the day, though, those experiences of folks who are struggling impact the brand and impact the community and impact their members. And I think it's our job to understand, um, uh, to be able to identify that, support them, and make sure that we figure out how we, we raise uh, the level uh, of experience that our members should expect. Ultimately, what we'd love to be able to understand is, hey, how do we understand for every affiliate around the world what the level of experience is, what the quality of experience is? In the meantime, I think there are things that we will do around um, looking at things like how much has an individual affiliate invested in continuing education for their coaches? What's mm -hmm. the average level? Mm -hmm. Okay, for those folks who have invested the most, we're gonna drive more traffic to those gyms because mm -hmm. we're confident they're gonna get a better experience. And now, again, that affiliate owner can choose whether or not he or she wants to invest, but we want to reward those who do with more traffic from more members. And again, that creates then a better experience for the member, that yeah. flywheel of virtuosity that drives growth. So those are some of the things that we're thinking about um, to, to, to raise the bar. Because again, like- That's it, a really good idea, isn't it? Like, think about it. You have the- It's you, not mine. You, well, so uh, someone smarter saying, than me came up a, with that. There's <laughs> an owner and you're saying, hey, invest in your coach's education. And then as a byproduct, when people go to find me on the CrossFit map, you're going to be highlighted somehow. Like, because I was thinking about an idea where I wonder if you could ever do it where affiliates can opt into a marketing strategy. So you say, hey, for an extra hundred bucks a month or whatever it is, thousand bucks a year, you are now a part of this marketing campaign. So CrossFit HQ gathers, for the sake of argument, $2 million a year that they use towards marketing. And when you create these marketing packages, you send it out to the people that opt into it. Mm -hmm. But this is a different way of, of doing almost the same thing, but you're encouraging education for the coach. So that's really cool. How much is also encouraging like some formal business training for the affiliate yep. owner? So I, um, I don't know whether or not we'll require it, but we are going certainly going to encourage it and we're going to do a better job of providing it. Look, I, obvious point that you guys know well, I think um, we have done historically a bunch of work to, to help affiliate owners make sure they've got great coaches and they understand our methodology really well to, to provide a great experience on the floor. We also know that that's necessary but insufficient. That if you don't understand how to build a strong, sustainable business, um, you, you can't continue to deliver that that experience. You can't stick around. You can't invest in your coach's education because you've got this financial pressure that is ever present. And um, again, it is um, there's a learning curve. If you haven't been through this before, if you haven't run a CrossFit affiliate or a small business, there are a bunch of things you need to learn. So. We are investing. That, that is an area explicitly this year. It's a focus for us. We're going to do some of it internally, and then we're going to work more closely with folks in the community and ecosystem who are already doing small business mentoring and coaching so that we can connect new affiliate owners with those who have been around. 
And then a roundtable program uh, and, and a mentoring program that we're going to launch is really similar. So um, same spirit where, hey, how do we connect affiliate owners with other affiliate owners who have seen it before that can help them in their journey? I, I think that piece is really, really important. How has it been? Um, I don't know how much you could talk about this, but I know one of the things that we want to discuss is I, analyzing data and then working towards that data to see an increase over the next year, in particular, like affiliate data. Mm -hmm. How how's that been going in terms of like getting some data? Is is I mean I know that's that's a goal, right? Is to get some type of data about average revenue, average member, average average something. Um, yep. How's that process been going for you? Yeah, so I think um, zooming out, you know, without question, um, this is something we've been thinking about, really in service of, um, you know, if our job is to serve and support the community, support our affiliate owners, support our coaches, support members. This data is the information that we can use to understand who needs help, where do they need help, and how are the things that we're doing and shipping, are they working or not? Yeah. Hey, we shipped a affiliate handbook. How many people are using it? Okay, we know that. Okay, for the people who are using it, what impact has it had on their business? We do not know the answer to that question. And so given the unique nature of our model where um, we don't necessarily have all that day-to-day -day information, that stuff is really hard and really important for us moving forward. Um, we are working through and thinking through right now um, what is the path uh, for us to have a better understanding, have the data we need to be able to make really good decisions. We have some now. Um, so we do have some now, some through um, conversations that we've had um, with affiliate owners who have been willing to share it with us. And there have been a bunch, bunch who have been generous with that. And then thinking through is there are ways systematically for us to have more of this data so that we can use it to really drive and grow the business and hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. So I think we're we're too deep for your the four, right? No, that's right. We'll come back to it. Yeah. So we covered, I'm excited. We covered. I'm going to be there growth. tomorrow, so I'm going to see it. You're going to get it twice. I'm going to get it twice. You're going to be your... bored. <laughs> no, we did, um, we did member growth and then the affiliates and the coaches. That's right. So number three for us is we have to build CrossFit HQ. We have to build a strong and sustainable business. So mm -hmm. um, for the same reason, if you think about it for the individual affiliate, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing is true for us. We have really big aspirations, right? We want to reach a lot of people. We want CrossFit to be, you know, the leading force for advancing human health and performance globally, full stop. To do that, we have to make sure that we are investing in building a really, really strong and stable foundation. And, and what I would say is, um, you know, revenue growth profitability is not the end goal for us. It's what powers our ability to reach the end goal, which is right. reaching more people. And if we don't, if we don't pay attention to it, if we're not thoughtful about it, we won't be able to play the role that we need to within our community to kind of realize our full potential. I mean, you're basically saying the exact same thing you're saying for the affiliates back to yourself, right? Like, That's I mean, exactly right. you could have this strong mission of impacting lives, but if we don't also make sure that you're running a successful sound business, there won't be any lives you can impact because you're not gonna have a business anymore. So, That's right, your hands are tied. So what type of things from an HQ perspective, you know, I, I know it's been a lot, right? You know, there's an investment group that came in, board of, I mean, there's, just, there's a lot of change compared to when, you know, um, it was a singular owner, what type of things in particular, I mean, that you could share, like there's like front of your mind on improving the business side, or is it, I mean, I know all these other things are going to improve your business as a byproduct. Yeah. The, the good news there is, is largely if I, if we think about the core drivers of our business, uh, of, of the, the potential for revenue and profitability growth, the first thing it starts with is, is more people in the CrossFit community and ecosystem. So um, we have to do an exceptional job of driving growth. And not only does that help our you know, uh, revenue and, and earnings growth, it just raises the tide for everybody in the ecosystem. So that is number one, the most important thing we need to do. 
Uh, number two for us is we need to make sure we build really strong, stable, healthy affiliates and coaches. Because if we can do that, they stick around and they're healthy and they're sustainable and we can build more products and services that can help them build their business that we can benefit with in parallel. And so that's a really important uh, investment for us as well. Partnerships will continue to be important for us. Um, and, and what I'd say, as I mentioned a little bit before, partners will, will be important on a number of dimensions. Um, we're asking partners, and we're thinking about partners as uh, a, a lever that we can use to reach more people. So as we sit down with partners, we think about, okay, what does your audience look like? The perfect partnership for us is one in which there's some audience overlap. Mm -hmm. There's also, we can help them grow, and they can help us grow right. and be really like, creative. It's like the about Spartan race uh, yeah, kind exactly. of collaboration, right? In regards to the partnership, um, how does that relate? Is there, do you have a difference in your mind between a partner for the CrossFit Games compared to a partner for the CrossFit community, or are they one and the same? Um, so in, in terms of like a partnership at the brand level versus specifically within sport? Yeah, I'm just wondering, because when you're talking about, you know, we want to partner with people who, you know, have these different reaches. And I know that obviously you have legacy partners in these different sports. I'm not mm -hmm. expecting you to change tomorrow. I'm just curious, like, is there a difference in the mindset with what you approach a sponsor at the CrossFit Games versus for the brand? Yes, uh, there will be. I'd say on some dimensions, yes. And in some dimensions, the criteria is the same. So, um, and I'll start with what's most important, which is brand alignment. So we want to, one of the most important things that the community should hold us accountable for is, is being an exceptional custodian of our brand. Mm -hmm. Again, making CrossFit something that I think a huge part of why CrossFit grew so early, uh, so, so strong early on was that people loved what it stood for. Right. They wanted to be associated with it. And, and that needs to continue to be true. And who we choose to work with and partner with and associate with says something about what we care about and who we are. And so we have, we will have a really, really strong high threshold for who we work with uh, in our partnerships, whether they're a partner for the games or a partner more broadly for the company. So that's number one. Um, you know, beyond that, then, as we think about um, uh, the dimensions of individual partnerships, they'll, they'll have a, a lot of different flavors that are really respective, um, aligned with what are we trying to achieve with the partnership? Is it about supporting um, uh, the sports side of our business? Um, or are there partnerships uh, that, that can really help drive affiliates or, or member and community growth? When you talk about, you know, running a responsible business, again, as an outsider looking in, because I, you know, am more of kind of like a fan and have seen CrossFit, the organization, you know, from a distance, it always seemed like, or at least maybe things that I've heard, and this might be unfounded, have heard that um, the CrossFit Games are a loss leader for CrossFit, right? Like it costs a lot of money. It's a huge production. Mm -hmm. Where does the, what role does the sport play in the future if you're focused on running mm -hmm. a responsible business? Totally. So um, they're not a loss leader. So okay. that's good news, the games. Um, but I will say that that the sports side of our business, running, running um, uh, the games, um, running any live event is very, very costly, incredibly operationally intense. You guys all know this. I underestimated it when I, I was blown away when I saw the games. Um, but we oh also, yeah, the, the 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 yeah, it's crazy. It's incredible. Eight hundred volunteers. It it is an incredible operation. Um, but it plays a really important role in our, our ecosystem. So when I think about the when we think about the role of sport moving forward, um, it'll continue to be essential for us. And I really look at sport as this this not so secret weapon that we have. It's such an incredible. Um, asset that we have uh, that we can use to reach more people, that we can use to inspire the community. So the question now is, as we think about our vision, 
long-term where we want to be, how can sport very uniquely help us get there most effectively? First and foremost, it comes back to that true north of like, how does that help us reach new audiences? And this is the area I think that, that where we've been, you know, thinking about things the most. And, and you'll hear two sides of this coin. I think you'll hear some folks say, it's an amazing way to reach more people. It definitely yeah. drives growth. You'll have other people say, it actually turns people away because it, it comes across as incredibly intimidating. Mm, right. Wow, that's amazing, but not for me. And so um, we don't truthfully completely know exactly. Um, but what I do know and what I have a lot of conviction around is it absolutely can and should be a driver of growth for us. And so what we're trying to think about is what we can do with sport, I think, is on one dimension, get in front of more people. So how do we get in front of the casual sports enthusiast who's sitting down on the couch, who turns on the television? 10 years ago, it might have been someone who turned on ESPN and was like, huh, yep. interesting. That person ends up excited and inspired walking into an affiliate. So how do we reach more people around the world through sport? And then most importantly, when we reach them, how do we make sure that the way they experience CrossFit makes it likely for them to walk in the door so that they don't only see Jason doing 30 unbroken mu muscle ups, yeah, right? right? Um, and so we, I don't think you do 30. Oh, come on. Muscles. Come on. I mean, <laughs> maybe you can now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's, he's a master's athlete now, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but you know, it, what you may have seen, you know, this year at the games, we made a really conscious decision. Yeah. All the media yeah. we ran at the games this year was about side-by-sides. It wasn't just the elite athletes. It was an everyday member of our community doing a scaled version of that. So I think sport for us will be really important in, in driving, um, and helping us reach more people and, and, and getting in front of them with a message that convinces them to give CrossFit a shot. On that note, just, you know, you guys have gone through a lot on the, the game season. Mm -hmm. And understandable, right? Ownership shifts, COVID. I mean, look, it's all good. We're focused on the future, mm -hmm. right? Um, but now you have, so you have the Open, which, by the way, I haven't done the Open in years, so I'm super excited to bring it back to NC Fit. Then we have... Um, the quarterfinals, mm -hmm. then the, some of the semifinals or, or the, some of the semifinals are owned by CrossFit. Correct. Some of them are not. Yep. My question is like for the future of the sport, I was at Wadapalooza. So were you. Yep. CrossFit had like a, you know, a, a setup. Yep. But outside of that, there really wasn't much mention of CrossFit. If you walk there as just like a spectator from outside, you wouldn't really know that what they were doing on the floor was CrossFit. Mm -hmm. so how, do you, how do you balance having independent events and having people also know that they're doing CrossFit. And this also goes into the whole idea about, you know, one day allowing people to utilize the mark virtually, mm -hmm. you know, for programs and things like that. But I'm curious, like on a Wadapalooza example, I know you licensed the mark to some, some partners. Mm -hmm. How do you put CrossFit more front and center at an event that most people look at and be like, that's CrossFit, but they don't use the mark? Totally. Um, uh, glad you brought this up because we've been talking about this quite a bit. It's interesting being at Wadapalooza. I talked to a few folks while I was there and after the fact who said, um, it was interesting. Wow, that a lot of folks from the HQ team at, at Wadapalooza. I said, well, yeah, like it's a really important moment for our community. Right. And, and we haven't always been, I'd say we haven't always shown up in that sort of way. And, you know, um, you know part of that, it wasn't a, a CrossFit HQ run and operated event. I, I think increasingly for us moving forward, what you're going to see is, look, we're fortunate that, you know, the, the team that runs Wadapalooza is able to put on such an incredible celebration of our sport and our community. It was awesome being there. And we were there with a bigger presence that we've had, you know, not as big as we would like in the future, but, um, uh, you know, representing CrossFits, meeting with folks from the community, being a part of the celebration that exists there. You're going to see more of that. We are talking now actually on our team about, hey, what are the important moments in our community 
both those that we support and run directly, but also those that partners that affiliates are running and how do we do the best job we can showing up and supporting? I think it's amazing that there are other folks who will run these events right. and bring people together. I want to make sure that we support it. And I think that will, that is a, a first step towards making sure that CrossFit is a part of the dialogue. Uh, second thing is there are some things that we're looking at in, in terms of use of the mark, use of our trademark. And, and for lots of good reasons, we've, we have to be protective and thoughtful around the mark. But I think there are th some things that we can and will do to make it easier to make sure that partners who want to say CrossFit can use CrossFits um, and, and share it broadly within the community. Yeah, one of the things that I've shared with you is my opinion that if someone like a, us wanted to have CrossFit on our app, we can't really do that at this point unless it's attached to a brick and mortar. Now, but maybe in the future, that's something you guys could do. So instead of someone saying, oh, I'm doing a NC Fit workout, they're saying, oh, I'm doing a CrossFit workout. I might create more brand uh, alliance over, over time. But I know that's, that's a big hurdle. That's a big step, and it's a completely different I'll say, thing. We are talking about that and working on that now. So, so, you know, don't know what the answer is, nothing to announce, but this is very top of mind because the goal is for folks who want to evangelize CrossFit, spread the word about CrossFit, talk about CrossFit, support it, we want them to be able to. And our job is to, to make it really easy for them to do it in a way that preserves the principles around the brand, the use of the brand that's important to make sure we show up in the right way. Yeah. You know, speaking of evangelizing CrossFit and, and, and talking about it, you know, one moment, I, I think this was last year, it might have been 2021, but I think it was last year when um, Matt Frazier was on Rogan's podcast. You know, it was kind of a, a, a big deal in the community that he didn't seem, you know, he's on the biggest platform there, there is probably. Mm -hmm. And he didn't seem to have any reason or motivation to like, you know, talk about the CrossFit affiliate or the sport. You know, it, it really just ended up being a conversation of like him, the athlete, and, you know, Joe. And I'm wondering what's the opportunity in, in, in the future of having the athletes become bigger ambassadors of the, the methodology, right? Like they are CrossFit athletes training for the CrossFit Games. And this is at no, you know, I don't think Matt had any responsibility to go out there and like, you know, talk about CrossFit. But how do we push the athletes like this next generation coming up towards that direction of becoming ambassadors in some way, shape or form? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, again, when I think about the opportunity that you have within sport, um, you know, th this is one of the opportunities yeah. we have. We have these incredible inspirational athletes who demonstrate what's possible at the pinnacle of, of this methodology of our sport, um, who can reach and have reached millions of people and inspired them, you know, to get after it a little bit more in, in the box um, or, or to try CrossFit for the first time. And I think we have to recognize that um, we've had an evolution in our sport, right? Yeah. As you do in any sport, right? That the early days, you know, were, were more grassroots. And, yeah. and, and now, because of our success, we have a class of professional athletes. Right, yeah. right. It's a big difference, right? Early, early days, most people were coaches, owners. Seminar like, staff. Like, like myself. Like, yeah. I remember a lot of the guys who competed in the early CrossFit Games were seminar instructors. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So and and that's not a um that's not a bad thing. That mm -hmm. is that is actually in some respect um a a, a byproduct of our success as yeah. a sport and as a community. And now, so I think I think what what we have to think about at HQ is how do we support our athletes in, in such a way that we can um, uh, make sure that that they are um, enmeshed in and. Um, super familiar with the history of CrossFit and the culture of CrossFit, 
that they can train and be successful as athletes, as professional athletes, it's a great thing, but also look at the role they can play mm-hmm. in growing and evangelizing the sport. Because I'll, I'll say again, um, for our, our top athletes, if their goal is to reach more people and grow their reach and influence and, and be successful in the sport and grow their sponsorship deals, the best thing we can do is grow the community. Right. They're mutually, they're, they're the they're same. mutually beneficial. Yeah. So I think the onus is on us, and I hope we can do this in partnership with athletes and, and the folks who they work with to figure out, okay, what, how do we work together on this? What, what can we do to, to, that benefits both? Well, and, and I, I just early on in CrossFit, there was a lot of storytelling that was occurred. Now, I, I was a part of a lot of that because here I am, and we're in the Bay Area right here. Um, you know, I was at the original CrossFit in Santa Cruz. Media team was there. And so because of my CrossFit Games background and because where I lived in proximity, I was able to be highlighted a lot. And there was a lot of storytelling around me and the gym and my journey. I'm curious, what do you think CrossFit's role is in terms of storytelling about the athletes? Because, you know, looking at like jujitsu, it's something I'm interested in, but I'm, I'm like kind of like a fan, right? Mm-hmm. When I went to a jujitsu event, very similar audiences compared to CrossFit. But I didn't know many of the athletes except for like one or two that I've seen on line, I kind of got inspired by their story. I'm wondering how much that, that role plays in CrossFit where people turn on the TV or people show up these events because they're inspired by the athlete's story and they want to feel connected to them. What role does CrossFit play in that versus them and their individual media teams, you think? Um, I, I think we can do a little bit of both. And I, I think, um, you know, as you highlight and, and you can see this, this playbook across a number of sports. I mean, right. think about the Olympics. We all tune in to watch a bunch of sports that we don't only watch once every four years. Right. And we're, you know, captivated by it, not because there's an international competition necessarily, but because we get to know these humans and become invested in them. And so I think this is, it's a tried and true thing that inspires mm. people and motivates people. And the better, you know, I know for me within CrossFit, the more I get to know these athletes, the more excited I am to see yeah. them competing and get after it. And so that is a, again, that's a win-win I'd say, um, you know, for us, we should be doing it and, and we will be doing it and we should be partnering with other folks who do it. And then we should figure out how do we take these stories and get them in front of as many people as possible and think about that as not a us or them, but hey, how do we do this together? And if third parties want to do it, fantastic. That's great for the community. We're going to do some of it as well. And so I, I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity here. One thing that I, I, I took note of listening to one of the podcasts you were on was this um, feeling that you had going to Stanford after the Marine Corps of imposter syndrome, right? Of like, you know, coming out of the Marines and you had a bunch of people you were now going to school with that had, you know, a bunch of experience in big companies, big jobs, so on and so forth. General leadership question, did you go into your role with CrossFit with a little bit of that? Because another thing I heard was that you hadn't, you hadn't taken your level one prior to taking the job, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely not an outsider going in. You've been, you know, a CrossFitter for years, but not being a coach, not being an affiliate owner. Was there any of that feeling going into it? Oh, and has any of that sure. changed? For sure. And and some of it still exists. I was literally just as we're talking, thinking about this. Like, look, I'm five months in and we have a community with 20 years of history. And <laughs> and, and CrossFit is so complex, right? Like Very we have complex. 20 years of history in the sport alone. And then there's how the business has evolved. And I've never run an affiliate individually. And I've never been really been a coach as well. And so um, I absolutely feel that. And, you know, to be candid, I think it's probably good that every leader feels some of that. Because I think what it does is it like grounds you with a little bit of humility. 
of knowing constantly, it's always front of mind that there's a lot you don't know. And, you know, w with that in mind, how do you make sure that you keep an open mind, that you ask a lot of questions, that you're open to learning, that you create a culture where people are comfortable calling you out when you do or say something stupid. And that happens a lot. And so, um, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, the, the, the people who I have, leaders who I've been inspired by the most are the folks who probably carry this the most and with it have a humility that they bring to the job where they, and it doesn't mean that you can't be confident. I think you can be both confident and humble at the same time. So absolutely feel it every day. Yeah, man. I, I, I love that. And I love the fact that like, even in our conversation now, you brought up several times that like, hey, we're going to make mistakes, right? I think that getting in front of the fact that like no one's going to run a perfect team, a perfect organization, but if you know that those mistakes are coming and you're ready to course correct, be humble enough to acknowledge the fact that, hey, this might have even been my call, that I was 120% convicted was the right call, and being okay with being like, Ugh, got that one wrong, mm -hmm. let's try the next thing and learning from it. I think that's another thing that, at least for me personally, makes me feel really good about the direction CrossFit's going and, and kind of, you know, jumping on the ship with, you know, NC Fit, an organization that I've been a part with for, you know, five years now. Yeah. So I got to ask, number four, I think. Aren't we on uh, number four? This well, is no, five. So number four, um, we've already talked about a bunch, which is investing in our culture and leadership. Okay. And so it's what underpins and supports everything, everything. else that we're doing. Yeah. I Look, I'm, ever since, like, the first time we started talking about you taking over as CEO, I feel like every time we've talked – Every time we've connected, I feel better and better and better about the direction of CrossFit. And, you know, it's something that I feel really passionate about. It's something that a lot of people feel passionate about. My advice to any gym owner listening, because I know a lot of gym owners listen to this podcast, is that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to, to um, recognize you made the best decision you could when you made it. And now you need to ask yourself, are you staying in the same situation because you're not humble enough, you're too stubborn, whatever, and using us as an example, we unaffiliated because we thought at the time it was the best decision for us, our business, and the people that we support. We reaffiliated because we believe it's the best decision for our business, the community at a whole. And, you know, that's tough for some people to do, but I think that any gym owner listening, like, if that's like eating at you, like, if it feels like, man, I really, I really love to use the word CrossFit in our gym. Like, if I ask our members, 90% are going to say they do CrossFit and we can't use that term. Yeah, it might be time to reach out to CrossFit HQ and talk to them because I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of, I think you're going to do really great things with CrossFit and I'm excited to see that journey and hopefully play a small part, whatever I can with it. So I just want to sh send that shout out to any gym owner listening. Cause I think it's important to give them the, the space that if that's the way they're feeling, it's natural. It's the way I've felt for a long time and you can make a change if you want. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And again, we are uh, thrilled. I've been, uh, NC Fit, you know what? What the artist formerly known as as NorCal CrossFit was, uh, the, where the journey started for me. So I, I I I am super grateful to you guys. I I would not be here. I would not have this incredible opportunity if not for uh, the impact CrossFit had on my life at, at NorCal and Redwood City. Dude, I got nothing to say. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was awesome. Tom, we really appreciate your time. You know, you came down here. Um, you know, I, I love talking to you in person. Um, anything, I, I know tomorrow morning, obviously, I'll be at the affiliate West Coast Affiliate Gathering. I know that there's going to be one a month for the next 12 months, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, anything super exciting in the next, I mean, well, I, mean, I guess tomorrow you're going to be making an announcement. And then when, when this podcast will probably come out in about a week from today. So 
when will all that content be be shared? Do you think? I think we will. Uh, we're going to try to capture tomorrow, and then I think we're going to distribute that like end of first week of February. Um, so I will. I'll confirm the date so you know. I think around February 9th is when folks uh, ballpark the affiliate community should expect it. Dude, I think it's going to be a really exciting time for the affiliate community. It's been a long time since we've had anything like that, so I think they're going to. It's going to be really well received. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. This Thank you, awesome. guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, my God.